Hello, I am Joel McLeod. And I'm Roland Tanner. And welcome to episode 75 of the 905er. Today marks the start of Pride Month. This month, the Pride flag has taken on a more poignant meaning than in recent years. The failure of the Halton Catholic District School Board to raise the Pride flag has sparked a debate within the 905 region, particularly over the importance of the flag to the 2S LGBTQ plus community, as well as that of symbolism overall to marginalized communities. While this month the Pride flag will not be waving over the schools of the Halton Catholic School Board, it will be at crosswalks in the town of Oakville. The town has passed a motion to paint some of the crosswalks downtown the colors of the Pride flag. This was done in response to a grassroots movement carried out by high school students of the Halton District School Board, the public board. Today, some of those students join us. Hannah Strom and Annie Wong are members of the Gay Straight Alliance Club at Iroquois Ridge High School in Oakville. Their teacher, Caitlin Grieve, accompanies them to share their story with us about mobilizing and advocating to the town council on this important issue. Joining them as well will be Whitney Ross of Halton P-Flag. Halton P-Flag is the local Halton region chapter of P-Flag Canada. It is a national nonprofit organization that offers peer-to-peer support for 2S LGBTQ plus individuals and families. She is here to help us give a broader, broader perspective on the importance of the flag to the community and why it is so important to continue to raise and fly the flag today. A quick editorial note before the episode begins, there were some technical issues in regards to Hannah's recording. We were required to re-record her responses, and I want to assure our listeners that her answers are hers and unedited on our end. Personally, we would like to extend an appreciation to her for helping us to complete this episode on time. Finally, before we begin, we'd like to remind our our listeners to support this podcast by joining our Patreon. By becoming a 905er yourself, you can help us tell the stories such as this one, as well as our coverage of Hamilton municipal politics, its LRT struggles, development along the Greenbelt, expansion into First Nations territories in Caledonia, and many other stories that are important to the 905 region. For only a few dollars a month, you'll be helping us tell your stories. Also, when you sign up, we'll send you a nifty card decal, so you'll be able to tell everyone that you are a 905er yourself. Of course, all from a safe social distance in your car. A link to sign up is in the show notes. And now, on with the show. I would like to thank, this is probably a record for our our podcast, uh, but I'd like to thank uh, Hannah, Whitney, Caitlin, or and Annie as well, uh, for joining us today to talk about uh, the Pride flag in Halton region, uh, and it's become surprisingly quite a an issue for some strange reason uh, here in the region. But uh, that's what we're going to talk about. Um, so I'm going to start us off by asking uh, Annie or uh, uh, or Hannah, or maybe even Caitlin, uh, if you want to. Maybe talk start us off by talking about your experience um, in approaching the town of Oakville uh, to petition to have sidewalks painted the pride flag colors, uh, because that's an impressive feat for a couple of high school students to uh, to do. 
Um, so you know what? I'm going to say, Hannah, why don't you start us off by uh, just sharing your your experience so far? Experience so far has been great. It's been an amazing opportunity, and I just the whole progress, the whole entire way has been filled with so much opportunity to connect with the other students from other high schools. Because with the crosswalk, it was a lot of getting involved with the community and the students from other high schools who have to get in turn with their representat representatives and just learning to be in that community-wide and creating something for a community, which has been great. And it's a great opportunity, especially for high school students like me. So like, so you had to go out and, and kind of meet with other high schools, other students, student councils, other uh, uh, gay, lesbian alliance clubs. And like, what, what, was, what was the, the deciding factor to, uh, to go ahead with this? Starting a project like this, it was a great opportunity for us because we always do long projects like this during the school year. We do short ones, we do long ones, and this was just an avenue we could go by and it got us really pumped because I remember when we came back to school after the summer and we were talking about the things we did, I mentioned that we had seen the Rainbow Crosswalk at McMaster before you go into their university and I brought that back and I was really excited about it. I just thought why couldn't we do this in our town as well? And it sort of got the ball rolling because it was really a figure of what we could do and we knew that it was possible and we just went forward with it. And we did this project because why not? <laughs> why couldn't we do this? So we decided to. Uh, and uh, Annie, I'm going to ask you to, to jump in here. What was it? What was the experience like going to town council? Kind of talk to them and say, this is what we want to do. Like what, what, what was the, what was the reaction and, and, and uh, and what was the, the the sense that you had? Yeah, well, absolutely. So we actually just drafted a letter back in December. So with Miss Greaves' help and her sister, who works with another town, we were able to like formulate a really coherent letter to send to the town. So what we did is that we actually just sent it to our town, our, our ward counselor, and we got her uh, to look over it. We also encouraged other GSAs to you know message their ward counselors as well. So I actually didn't get to speak in any town councils. So uh, our counselor, Councilor Lashina, spoke on uh, our behalf, which was really cool. But we got to watch the whole process happen. We got lots of approval for it. Uh, Councilor Lashina was on board, as was, I think, everyone else we talked to as well. So it was a really cool experience getting to see how the town worked. So the, uh, our direct question uh, uh, you, Caitlin, um, uh, so, so how, does this start as as a uh, something that came from your students? So they came to you and said, "Miss Grieve, uh, um, this this we're seeing this elsewhere, and and uh, uh, we'd like to do this." Was there any concern on your part about how, um, say, the school or the board would view this kind of thing, or, or was it just, "Yeah, this is awesome. Let's do it." Um, so it was definitely the students who brought it to my attention. I actually don't don't live in Oakville. I, I work um, I work in Oakville, but I live in Hamilton. And much like what Hannah shared, I was kind of shocked. I totally agreed. I was like, how do it's you know the the year twenty twenty one? How do we not have at least one rainbow crosswalk in the town of Oakville? Um, to be honest, no, I wasn't concerned that there would be any negative um, feedback or any concerns from our board. Um, our board has been doing a great job this year at really pushing equity work forward, whether it is for the 2S LGBTQ community, or we've been doing a lot of work recently on, on how to deal with harmful and discriminatory language, whether it's homophobic or racist or 
anything else that's you know not so not so nice um so no i think we just took the idea and ran with it um and we saw a lot of positive support um coming at us from all angles uh, so what's the status of, of the project now? Is, that, is, this, is the town of Oakville kind of said, yeah, this is awesome, we're going to do this? Or is it still in a kind of process of being discussed? And I should know this because I live closer to Oakville than you do. But <laughs> uh, So I think I'll, I'll let Annie take this question. Yeah, so we got the go-ahead back in, I want to say, April. Yeah, so it's it's uh, been in the works for a while now, and they're going ahead with it. And the amazing thing is we actually got approved for three Rainbow Crosswalks. So they're at three pretty major intersections which is really cool. And I believe they're currently set to be unveiled April, uh, Sorry, June 19th, that weekend. That's when they're planning to be unveiled. But yeah, Miss Grieve. Awesome. That's fantastic. Um, and it's great that we got to also be a, a part of the process of determining the design for the pride flag, um, because we wanted to make sure that the, the design that was sort of chosen upon was very inclusive. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Progress Pride flag, um, but recently, I think it was in 2018, um, there is an individual by the name of Daniel Clausar who designed this, this Progress Pride flag. And essentially, there are some, some extra colors on the flag to represent people of color and also uh, the colors of the trans flag. So we thought it was very important to, um, to include sort of as many identities as possible uh, in the chosen design of the flag. Um, so Whitney, I'd, I'd like to bring you in, into the conversation now, uh, because I mean, this is kind of, this is 21st century where what 2021, um, you know, what, what is can we maybe like enlighten some of our, our listeners who are, who a are not members of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, you know, what is the symbolism behind the pride flag? Uh, and maybe just kind of bring us all up to speed with, with the importance of this symbol to to the LGBTQ uh, community. Yeah, thanks for that, Joel. Um, well, I always just like to say like the pride flag is the ubiquitous symbol for our community. If I was to ask you, close your eyes, think of one thing, one symbol about the 2S LGBTQ plus community, you're thinking of some version of the rainbow pride flag, whether it's the progress flag or the old school sort of rainbow flag, right? Um, it's universal and it's also an international symbol. Um, and it's been around for 40 plus years. And I think for our community, especially right now in Halton, it represents pride because we've always been meant to feel ashamed, right? Um, it's also sort of a, an acknowledgement of the struggle that we continue to fight, right? So it's, it's contemporary and historical. We're talking about the historical fight for our rights and it acknowledges all the activists and advocates who have fought for what we currently have but it's also acknowledgement of the continuing fight. I always like to say it's a symbol of our struggle. And I think also for members of our community, I always like to liken it to like the bat signal. It's like, hey, you're needed here. You're welcome here, right? Because for our community, our acceptance, our existence is not a given in a certain place. So the flag is like this little signal that, hey, you might just be welcome here, right? It doesn't de facto mean you're welcome, but it's a symbol to hopefully symbolize some of the actions of inclusion that we like to see within our community. Uh, Hannah, what you have, you have something to uh, add? I just wanted to add that, you know, the pride flag is super important and it is a symbol of like great, like identity and change and all these different things that are really, really important. But the thing is that like, you can stick a pride flag 
anywhere. You can buy it off of Amazon, you can stick it on the wall, you can put it on a poster, you can put it anywhere. But the fact that we wanted to put it into a crosswalk meant a lot more. And that it's like something that you put into the ground and people walk on it and they walk across it. And it's not even like, even if you don't see LGBT people all the time, the crosswalk is there and you know that the community walks among you. And even if you don't talk with them as you're walking across the crosswalk, they are there and they're in the crowd and the people who are LGBT and walking on that crosswalk is just a symbol for them to show that this is their footsteps and it's really a great community marker and it's way more important like <laughs> it's it's important that it's not just a flag on a wall that, that's a really nice uh, point uh, Hannah that has not occurred to me before that the crosswalks are actually something you you engage almost physically with you know it's it's not it's uh, I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about flags lately, and 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 not uh, they're very very important. Um, but uh, that's just I just want to, I think that's a great uh, way of describing it that that you um, it changes your your uh, someone like me say it changes my relationship to the flag because I'm kind of uh, making use of it almost you know it's it's uh, it's part of the community in in a different way. I think that's a really interesting point. Um, now, I mean, obviously, the, what you've done is, is, is I think, uh, the vast majority of people in the world would think was was a, a, a really good news story. Um, and we come, uh, uh, Whitney, to the to the Houghton Catholic School Board's uh, um, current position, which has been uh, they've uh, for anybody listening who hasn't been following this story yet. Holton has kind of taken a, a different tack, shall we say, to uh, many other Catholic school boards in the province on the issue of the pride flag. Um, perhaps you could uh, just give a summary of a kind of your involvement there and um, how, uh, uh, what do you feel about the current situation? Yeah, um, I, I would say it's just been, I think it's been very devastating for our community of late within Halton. Um, I think the Halton Catholic District School Board and a lot of the meetings and the conversations that have taken place about the, about flying the pride flag have caused a lot of harm, especially to the 2SLGBT plus students within those schools. I think it's really difficult for them to hear these conversations and hear their leadership speak about their existence as if it's something that could be debated or questioned. Um, and, you know, and this was, I think for us, like we're as an organization, people like Halton, we're joined forces with lots of other organizations to really support the students. Cause this was a student led initiative, right? This was a student delegation by Nick Hotchkiss and other students, uh, who have asked for something that the schools did not provide. Um, so for us, we're just trying to continue to amplify the student voices as best as we can as allies to them. Um, on that note, uh, as as a representative of the of the LGBTQ plus community, uh, Whitney, I want to know the, the the there's been an outpouring of support from parents, uh, teachers, faculty, administrators inside the schools, the the Halton Catholic schools themselves. Um, we've seen them organizing, and they are they're they're still asking the director of education for the school board to raise the flag uh, and, and whatnot. I want to know what what's What's your perception of that? Um, and how, how do you equate that with the, the board as an institution uh, in, in Halton? Yeah, I think I think what you're we're grappling with here is, you know, 
it's the institution versus individuals almost, right? And there's this historic institution that has done things in a very certain way. And now people are pushing back against that. Um, and for us, it's amazing. Like our community, it's fantastic to see allies coming out. There's a, a new group that has formed, Halt and Parent uh, Ally Group United, I think they're called. We've been in touch with them. So this is a struggle where we're like, we need everybody on board. Um, and we're also feeling very sort of optimistic because I think it's drawn a lot of attention to the larger issues that these students face within the schools. So the flag is has been a point of departure for us to now look at some of the human rights violations that we know occurs in these schools against our students. So we're hoping that this sort of activism continues past Pride Month. Now, I just literally just before I came on air, um, there I, I was uh, reading Twitter and, and, and noticed that um, one of the Catholic School Board Trustees, uh, Vincent uh, Yantomasi, at their meeting yesterday, um, I'll make sure I get the quote right here, um, uh, said uh, that there's too much talk of, now let me make sure I get my quotes right, too much focus on human rights. Um, that's a kind of a strange statement. Isn't it? I mean, can you have too much focus on human rights? Uh, again, Whitney, let's start with you. I'll maybe ask uh, 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 Hannah and Annie the same question. Yeah, I, I, th- I think you know. I think there's a paradox there. I don't think there can ever be too much focus on human rights. Um, and I think the the context of that quote was in relation to hiring practices, which is even more alarming too, right? Because um, this has to do with the people that they're bringing in to the schools to teach our wow. students. Um, I want to throw it back to, to Hannah and Annie. Um, it, when you see the flag flying over your schools, uh, and you see and you hear it, and you see it flying over institutions that you're walking into, what as a young person, what are you taking away from that? What, what's what's going through your minds when you when you see that uh, that happening? Uh, I'm not the most eloquent person, so I don't know how to express it that well, but I. It really does just make me happy, you know. It's just a, such a small thing that you know institutions are doing. Probably didn't even take them that much time, but it shows that you know they're they care. They're willing to reach out. They're willing to display, you know, and it shows that they're on your side. So it's it just really makes me happy whenever I see one. If I'm like, you know, driving around Oakville and I see some, you know, I saw an elementary school with it and it just made me smile because I think, yeah, we didn't have that when I was younger. <sighs> The question that a lot of people come that come across is uh, that that you know you see the flag the pride flag is just a token symbol. It's a it's a um, you know it's it's something that that, that let's quite say it's a it's virtue signaling, right? It's a way it's a waste of time. It doesn't you know we we have same sex marriage in this country. It's legal. The job's done. Move on. And what you know why why is it still so important to see this symbol? Uh, waved over public institutions uh, in in the year 2021. Hannah, go ahead. I'm going to do you one better. Um, I don't know if any of you have been in Toronto lately, but the last time I went there, it was the first time I'd gone in Toronto since I learned to read, so I knew what, what things were going on. But I also noticed that if you go to where there's a lot of shops, you will see a little uh, like sticker in the window that has a pride flag on it. And it's sort of a symbol of you are welcome in this establishment. And me seeing that, it was important to me because 
like you look at this and you go, oh, I can go into this building and I'd be welcome and I can be who I am. It, it sucks that we have to specify that, especially in a lot of buildings. You would think that since so many people, so many pe buildings have a sticker, it would mean that you don't have to, that all the other ones would, would agree. And it, to see the symbol is a great thing of inclusivity and to show that I am welcome and the LGBT community is welcome. It sucks that we have to specify it again, but to show it so explicitly means that you're extending yourself as a safe space towards the LGBT community and that's amazing, especially in Toronto and it's just, it's good to see. It's, it's a great thing to see, especially in lots of buildings, especially in a lot of buildings for for services and it's important when you walk into your school and you see the pride flag on the flagpole outside your school do you, do you take that as a token of symbolism or does it mean something more important to you as a student of of your school as a student just having the flag go over our building and be in the windows and in the classrooms do you see that flag means that they are including me in the general population and it's great because because as schools are places of education and they raise that flag to show that education can be extended towards these communities and they are welcome to learn at these communities it's extremely important to specify and some like again it sucks that we have to specify but to to raise that flag and show it to a lot of students means that you're including them and you are teaching about it and it's something important. Caitlin, what do you have to say? Um, and I was just going to add that another um, initiative we um, sort of took on in our school this year, we, we would have done it again in the month of June if we were physically at school, so maybe if we go back, is that there are actually many, many, many different types of pride flags for different orientations and identities. So I believe it was in December, um, we had in sort of the main street of our school about 15 or so different pride flags um, hanging up so that staff and students could walk around as well as a little description underneath each one um, with just some general information about that specific identity or sexual orientation. Um, so I, I think it was, um, as Whitney mentioned, the sort of traditional um, the, tr the traditional pride flag is sort of an over-encompassing symbol for the community, but it's important to note that there are so many different um, flags for different orientations and identities. Uh, Whitney, you wanted to chime in as well. Yeah, I think I think it's okay that the, the pride flag is a symbol, right? I, um, rituals and symbols are so important to communities, right? It's how communal identity is formed. And so certainly I think for marginalized or equity denied communities, those symbols become even more important. So even just the ritual of us coming together on June 1st or sometime during the first week of June to put that symbol of our community up, like that it absolutely it's a symbol, but what does it symbolize it? right? It symbolizes our acceptance, our inclusion, our ability to exist despite continued attempts to erase us from society. Um, so I think it's okay that they're, that they're symbols. And I would say a lot of the folks that push back against the pride flag as being this token symbol are the ones who it's not meant for, right? And so I think that's important to take into consideration too. So yeah, I, I think it's a really uh, um, important point that symbols are uh, uh, 
the symbols are a, are a start, but they're, they're such an important start. I mean, it, it's it's uh, you know that doesn't mean that we're we're exempted from then taking actions that that are meaningful to to uh, ensure that everybody who is LGBTQ plus uh, is feels welcome and accepted in our society. But you've got to start with those symbols and and the, the you know getting away from this 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 feeling that somehow this is still a controversial issue is, is so disappointing now sorry annie i was interrupting you please go ahead yeah so i was gonna say just because like the symbol doesn't mean anything to one person doesn't mean doesn't mean anything at all like certainly there's a lot of you know i'd say religious symbols that obviously don't apply to me but they definitely have meaning to so many people across the world so i don't see yeah so just because it means something to me doesn't mean that you know i I just think they're really important. And two years ago, when we had our grade eight orientation, I'd have some of the grade eights who, uh, who were coming to Iroquois who would tell me, "Oh, wow, it's really cool that you had this up," and they were so happy. And it, like, you know, because they probably didn't have that up in their elementary school, so it definitely meant a lot to them. And you know, it was nice seeing them be so happy about something. I think it's a good good point that everyone everyone was making is that the importance of symbols in our in our society as you as you said whitney it, it's it's a it's important to have these things in public and visible where um as 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 signs that you know groups of people are welcome in public spaces um coming back to the the catholic school uh flag issue um we've in the last few months we've had uh six catholic school boards at last count so I'm going to try and name them off. So you have Thunder Bay, uh, Waterloo, Durham, Ottawa, Toronto Catholic, and if I'm not mistaken, London as well, uh, have all elected uh, one way or another to fly the flag. Halton is the only one that is the outlier by act. I'm not going to say that they voted against it because they actively just avoided making the decision altogether. Um, so I'll give them that credit. What 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 is your opinion of the of the Halton Catholic School Board? For taking this, going this behavior, uh, uh, Whitney, what, uh, like it, 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 they, they are, they have become an outlier in Catholic, in Catholic education in the province of Ontario. Yeah, I don't. I would say I don't think they're doing themselves any favors right now. I think um, this, their lack of inaction, if you know, because yeah, we'll give them credit. They didn't necessarily vote on it. They just struck down the whole motion, so they didn't have to vote on it. But their inaction has brought national attention to the school board. And now we're hearing conversations about not only just fly the flag, but defund the Ontario Catholic school board as a result of their um, mistreatment of this community. And so I think, I think they've been put under a national spotlight and certainly a provincial spotlight that they probably didn't want to be. Um, I know that now I know this because my, I'm a, not a member, but I, my child does go to the Catholic school board system. So I get the emails from the, from the staff. So they're going forward with, um, you know, like a, a rainbow day. Um, they're going forward with um, uh, equity workshops for senior staff and, and leadership in the board. Uh, is this enough for, for them to do uh, in, in lieu of waving the flag at, on, uh, at the schools? Right now, I would say no. I'm. We're certainly cautiously optimistic and very skeptical about what the training is going to look like. Even the pride, what their their version of pride is not what our version of pride would look like in a public school. Right? They don't really mention our community at all in a lot of the releases. Like we've had 
numerous school boards, uh, schools and teachers leak those emails to our organization. And like, I don't know what rainbow is rainbow day is that doesn't mean anything to my community. Um, so you know what I mean? Like they're kind of deciding what works best for another community. And that is what's frustrating for us because the crux of the motion asked for this very visible symbol of allyship and they failed to provide us that. Uh, on that note, Caitlin, I, I want to ask you a question because you're in the public board. Um, do, do you guys go through like an equity training, uh, L- LGBTQ rights awareness seminars or, or, or anything of that nature uh, as, a, as a professional in the, in the public board? Yep. Um, so this year, um, the equity sort of instructional program leads at our school have been done and have been doing, I think, a great job at providing um, various sort of workshops or sessions that teachers can attend. Um, these are voluntary, though. Um, so just speaking for myself personally, after hearing from sort of youth in our schools, um, what their experiences have been in the classroom, I do feel like even within the Halton school board, there should be some kind of mandatory um, or various sessions of mandatory um, sort of training or information. Um, actually, our, our students, including Hanny, uh, I just merged their names, Hannah and Annie, makes Hanny, um, we are actually going to be t- uh speaking directly to the teachers in our school. So they are going to be teaching the teachers at our June staff learning session in response to um, some sort of not so uh, supportive conversations that unfortunately took place um, in in our school. So there's still a lot of work to be done, whether it's in the Catholic or the Halton school board. Um, So yeah, lots of work to be done, but lots of good news as well. And uh, Caitlin uh, is, is, I mean, I obviously don't want to get you uh, ask you to divulge anything you can't professionally, but I mean, do you feel um, that there is still a level of resistance uh, either among staff or among students um, to um, to issues like uh, uh, the pride flag and LGBTQ issues, or is it pretty much accepted by the students? Maybe some of the adults are, are more resistant, or, or how, how do you think that goes? Sure. So I think. It doesn't necessarily matter whether it's the the staff or the students. I think at both sort of levels, um, people are at different, um, we had different sort of comfort levels or knowledge levels. Um, Definitely, of course, we have a large part of our student body who is very supportive and a lot of great allies, but we unfortunately have had to deal with a lot of discriminatory and harmful language this year, especially given the fact that we've moved to all sort of virtual and online. Um, And the same thing with our staff. There's a lot of staff who are very open and supportive um, and looking to do anything they can to make their classrooms more inclusive for all. Um, And then there are other staff who still have um, more to learn, especially when it comes to using gender neutral language or um, or using uh, the students preferred pronouns. Um, So I would say whether it's staff or students, it's sort of a mixture. Um, And once again, there's just a lot of work still left to do. Um, so I want to bring this kind of back around and re- in regards to the, to the pride flag, um, with the work that still needs to be done to talk about, um, equity and, and to talk about inclusion and just fairness and, and recognition of, of basic human worth, um, is, is the pride, is the pride flag, a, a just a, some, a great kind of equalizer, just a good starting point to, to start those conversations 
to to send a message of you know what we're we're gonna we all have some inherent worth in this dialogue that we need to have uh to to go forward uh to ensure that we're all we're all treated like you know b- basic human beings um this isn't dire- this question's not directed to anyone I'm, I'm throwing it out there to anyone if they if they want to chime in I, it's just you know, the, the pride flag seems to be such a simple but powerful gesture to a community that is often marginalized uh, by the powers that be, yet it also is just so met with such resistance uh, for any number of, uh, any number of reasons. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if there's a question in that. There's more just a statement of fact or, or my, my, my opinion on, on it. Hannah, thank you for saving my, my bacon. Come on in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take this from you. Um so the pride flag is a symbol it is the show of great equality and all that and it's a it's a community marker but to get rid of the flag and to have it like to not fly it to not put it on the wall to not have it around does not get rid of the community which is why i've always found that some arguments against it could be a bit silly because just getting rid of the flag does not mean that the community is gone and the community is not going to continue to prosper, that the community is not going to continue to be an influence and be strong. And I find that when people are trying to get rid of the pride flag or not fly it or not put it out in public view where they're explicitly saying, we support this, then it's not doing anything against you. It's it's just like a, like a little accessory for you, I guess. But the thing is that the community, the LGBT community, is going to continue to be there and continue to be working and continue to be in the community, in the in the social community. They're going to continue to be downtown, and there's nothing you can do to stop it because while the pride flag is a symbol of great equality and of great connection and of great times, the community is way more important than a flag. It's uh, yeah, I mean, very well said. Um, it uh, and and it seems such a strange thing. I mean, I'm I'm not the right person to, to speak on issues of religion, that's for sure. But but I I seem to recall learning in the dim and distant past uh, that a key Christian principle was love, love thy neighbor, um, and and the you know uh, the, the 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 kind of uh, rallying call, if you like, of, of LGBTQ plus. Uh, uh, communities as a whole has been you know love is love uh it seems watching the the, the debates that have happened in in school boards in, in recent weeks and months it didn't seem like both sides of the argument were very loving there was one side that absolutely was and there was one side that it was certainly not characterized by love or tolerance it seemed to me um Whitney, coming back to you uh, now, P Flag is 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 a really important organization in North America as a, as a whole. I know, and in, in, in terms of supporting um, uh, gay and lesbian students uh, uh, and transgender students um, who uh, are dealing with the, the challenges of growing up um, uh, uh, <laughs> in North America in the current age. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about um, the challenges that students still uh, uh, face in school, and how important it is that they that they receive this, that they feel they receive these feelings of support and tolerance. Yeah, um, I think 
I think sadly, our, a lot of students still feel unwelcome in their schools, um, sort of touching upon what Caitlin was sort of mentioning, like there's still a lot of uh, discriminatory behavior. There's a lot of bullying. We have a lot of youth from both school boards within Halton. It's not just a, a Halton Catholic District School Board issue. This is across you know schools in the Halton region where um, a lot of students have gay slurs hurled at them. Um, we have a lot of issues with trans students and non-binary and two-spirit students not having their pronouns respected, not having you know their 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 proper name being respected, the name that they're now using and continuously being dead named by teachers. Um, and then the bigger issue also as well within the schools at least is washrooms, right? Um, we still have a lot of students who are denied their human right to use the washroom that conforms with their gender identity or corresponds rather with their gender identity. And that's just a small snapshot. And then that's just in school. And then it, it's sort of a microcosm that extrapolates from there. We don't have adequate trans healthcare and trans affirming healthcare within the Halton region. This is a huge gap. So a lot of the folks and young youth that we're supporting, we end up having to send them to Toronto or Hamilton because we just don't have that infrastructure here. So there's a real gap of resources for our community within the Halton region. And I think it's the schools, it's just sort of like endemic of that, if that makes sense. I'm just thinking back. I mean, it's important always to remember this isn't just about, um, for want of a better way of putting it, being nice to people. Um, this is about for for many uh, children, it can be about life and death, uh, because you know uh, the suicide rates amongst uh, gay and lesbian and transgender students is is, is always been, and I, I believe still is, particularly in the transgender uh, community, much higher than than the normal levels. Um, and uh, you know, it, it's I'm just thinking back to the the it gets better campaign a few years ago, and and you know just the the I found certainly a, a, a incredibly moving um, thing, but also such a necessary thing because of the you know the the, the dreadful levels of um, of self harm that were happening to people because they were in homes that that wouldn't accept them, or uh, they were going to schools that wouldn't accept them. And uh, it, yeah, I, mean, I think it's important we just keep that very much uh, front and center. And I, I know P Flag is, is one of the organizations that's uh, very important in that regard. Um, how to, it's this final kind of question, I guess, for, maybe for me anyway. Um, do you think, I mean, that the Halton story has been, um, discouraging, but do you think the wider story is one that's very hopeful that Halton is, I mean, I, as I described it a couple of weeks, they're going to lose this. It's just a matter of if it's a matter of when, not if, um, is that how let's direct it at kind of all of you? Is that how you feel that basically this is, despite the uh, the attitudes that have been on display in some places, this is uh, on the way out? Whitney, let's start start again with you, and then we'll um, go around. I would say I think for us, it's definitely the, it's the start of something. Um, we're you know it's devastating that this has happened but we're also grateful because it's drawn a lot of attention to the issues that our community has always known been have been there these have always existed we're, we face these every day and we have but now it's it's sort of like folks have become more aware there's allies coming out of the woodworks now that didn't know they had to be an ally they didn't know that this was still an issue for us right so I I think it's the start of something certainly in terms of building more inclusivity and acceptance for the community within Halton. 
Um, yeah, I think it, it sort of, it makes me think of all of the other important social movements that have been happening over the past year. Um, unfortunately, a lot of them, well, or fortunately, I suppose, um, they've all seemed to sort of start with a negative or, or a tragic incident. But then from that conflict or that tragedy, there does seem to be this movement of allies sort of rising. Um, and just as Whitney highlighted, I think people are realizing that in order to be an ally, you need to be active. Um, much like we're starting to use the when we're talking about racism, um, you're either sort of rant racist or you're anti-racist. I think we need to use the same approach here. And I think we're starting to see that um, in that people are realizing they have to actively engage um, to combat you know, homophobia and transphobia. Helen, what, what are your thoughts? I feel like you're trying to end this on a high note, but... Oh, yeah, please do, yeah. Yeah, so I think that it is, an inev- it is inevitable that things get better. For the LGBT community, things will get better with time, as all things do. And the, the reason that that happens is because the community is going to continue to grow up. They're going to graduate from school. They're going to enter the workplace. They're going to become teachers and change it on an individual level and make it better for the future people who are part of the community and who need that support. And it is inevitable that the change will come and the support will come to those who need it. It may take a while. It may take a short time. But the battles that people are going through right now, even though to some people they can seem small and to some people they seem like world-ending catastrophes, the fact is that it is inevitable that it gets better because people will enter places and grow up and make great change as they get older and things will get better just because you're growing up and you know that there are things that you want to change and as adults and as people who get more experience they will be able to make those change for the better. Yeah, so what they said, it's it's really it's really sad that it always has to start with a tragic event, but it's this is definitely not something that's new. Like sometimes I hear people online saying going or going like, oh, this is all a new thing, these new kids, new problems. But these issues have been happening for I'd say hundreds of years now. And it's only like now that people are realizing, recognizing, seeing it, seeing it be- get better. And we've certainly made a long, uh, we've made a lot of progress in uh, LGBTQ acceptance, right? Like I read an article a few days ago, I think it's like one in six people in Generation Z identifies LGBTQ+. And that's definitely because, you know, a lot of people are being more open about it, right? Seeing that, you know, the world's a lot more accepting than what it was. It's gotten a long way, even in the past 10 years. Yeah, so I, yeah, that's pretty much my point I think everything's getting better like what Hannah said it's inevitable that something good will happen as we've seen it happen before uh, I'm just gonna uh, finish off by saying that I think that's the note to uh, leave this episode off with because um, I see that we're coming up on our on our time limit for this uh for this week's episode so I do want to say thank you to our largest panel ever on the 905 <laughs> uh, but thank you to uh to Hannah and Annie for um, a, a for for stepping up to the plate and and petitioning to make your community a better place, uh, it's it's good to see young people doing that. Um, thank you to Caitlin for being a great teacher because obviously you had a hand in that. Um, and thank you to uh, to Whitney uh, Ross from P Flag Halton for coming on and uh, and uh, sharing her advocacy uh, with us. Uh, thank you all. Uh, this will be 
airing on June 1st, uh, so start of Pride, Pride Month. And we wish all of you a happy Pride Month. And to all of our listeners, regardless of your background, a happy Pride. Take care, everyone, and we'll see you next week. That's it for this episode of the 905er. Thank you for listening. As always, you can send us your feedback, thoughts, and concerns, or ideas for future episodes to our email, info at 905er.ca. We'd love to hear from you. You can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal. Visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.